0: Hello and welcome to The Exorcism Podcast. If you are looking to get really good at programming, then this is just the podcast for you. Being a phenomenal programmer is about so much more than just knowing a coding language. It's about being able to solve problems, understand the best tools to solve the problems with, and think things through with clarity. Hello and welcome to the Exorcism podcast. My name is Jonathan and I'm privileged to be able to host you today and I'm joined by Francisca who is one of our maintainers on the Go and JavaScript tracks. Um, We're very privileged to have uh, Francisca as part of Exorcism and has been involved for a number of years. So if you've been around um, you might have come across uh, Francisca somewhere along the line um, whether it's in the learning cohorts or in the Go and JavaScript tracks. So Francisca a warm welcome to you today thank you so much for joining us I'm going to jump straight in uh, and ask you how did you end up where you ended up in tech or in life or wherever you find yourself I'd love to find out a little bit more
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay then let's get started um I'm uh, I'm Franziska I am I'm June or a June dev on the internet. So, uh, yeah, if if you've seen that name around on our Slack and so on, so, uh, you know, that's me. Um, I'm currently uh, living close to Frankfurt in in Germany, kind of just outside the the city border in a little suburb. And um, I uh, recently started a new job, uh, actually, um, just like one month ago uh, with Atlassian. Um, Atlassian is the company behind uh, a lot of uh, loved or hated tools like uh, Trello, Jira, <laughs> Jira Confluence. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, yeah, and th- what what I'm doing there is um, we are developing a completely um, kind of new tool for uh, helping product managers with their work um, because uh, Jira is focused on like developers and and uh, we, there's also like work management parts in there but it's not it's not quite a good fit for for what product managers need to do prioritize stuff and so on so we are building something new for for specifically for them and um yeah and uh, the um, as John has mentioned, I'm, I'm into Go, uh, as a language. I, I, really like it. And, um, the backend is built with Go. So when I saw the job ad, I was like, Hey, that's cool that they're doing this. Um, so, uh, I, I applied there and, and got the job. And it's, it's really cool so far. It's been only 30 days. So I don't know, but, uh, um, yeah, but it's been a good experience. And, um, maybe a bit like uh, how, how I, how I got there. Um, yeah, as a, as a kid, I kind of was always interested in, uh, yeah, tech stuff and, and natural sciences and, uh, you know, sci-fi, big Star Trek fan, <laughs> all of these things. <laughs> and, um, what was, I kind of, yeah, I, I found that I was good in like math and physics stuff in school as well. And, um, At the time, a lot of people studied uh, computer science and and they always told us, yeah, don't study what the others are doing because then there will be too many of those people later on. Yeah, and and I thought, well, okay, maybe I shouldn't do computer science because there will be too many of those. That never happened, <laughs> a little, a little
0: right? Bit of competition <laughs> going on there. It's like I don't want
1: to. Yeah. yeah. So, well um, anyway, so I thought, okay, let's do something like more I- adjacent. So, so I ended up studying physics, which I which I liked a lot uh, in school and. Um, I had like a computer science is more like a ma- minor subject, so yeah. I had some courses, but not as many as as the others. Um but in the end, I found that you know you, you get to this point where you need to think, okay, well, what am I doing for the rest of yeah. my life? right? How do I earn my money was doing something I actually like doing mm. and and I realized that 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 this programming part was actually the part that i liked the most um, um from from what i did in, in my studies and and that i was good at this and um and i wanted to do more of that and um and it's also something that you know pay, pays well yeah. <laughs> pays uh, pays the bills um so yeah. So I thought, okay, how, how can I get a job in, in this area, not having like a classical computer science degree at that point? And, and the other thing was at that point, I, I didn't want to become like a C++ developer, or a Java developer, you know, this like old fashioned, uh, back, backend code somewhere. So, um, yeah, so, so I thought, okay, how can I learn like the modern stuff, you know, the internet, the web? <laughs> I, I wanna, I wanna build something for that. Um, and then, uh, a friend told me about, uh, that there is a thing called web development bootcamps where you can go somewhere, uh, for three months and, and they will teach you, you know, the, the new cool stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I decided uh, this. I, I want to do that and then probably from there I will have a better kind of jumping-off point uh, find, finding a job. Um, and at the time, they actually didn't have any of those uh, here in, in Germany um, where, you, where you could it's really just, like, uh, focus uh, on the programming uh, part.
0: The typical um, education process type. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. They, they had... So either you could do... Th- go for university for like years and years, right? Um, or there there are some like where you can have like a little bit of like work and study at the same time, but also like huge programs, like years and years of, of education. Um, and then bootcamp wise, they only had things for kind of like startup accelerator stuff. So where you would learn a little bit of code, but then also like um, management stuff, uh, economics and so on. So that wasn't a good fit for me. Um yeah, so I looked around a bit, and then I found there, there was a good one in London that had kind of the subjects I, I want to uh, learn. Um, uh, for example, I wanted to focus on JavaScript because I heard like this is you know what it's what, it's what uh, runs everywhere, where the web is happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So where the cool new stuff is happening. So um, yeah, uh, I found this bootcamp in London. I I went there. It was actually a great uh, great experience. Um, and, um, we did uh, Node.js for, for the backend. And then I went back, uh, to, to Frankfurt and, and actually found, a, a, a job as a Node.js, uh, developer. Um, and the, the company was quite cool and the, the tech was really cool. And I kind of got into everything very, very quickly. And, um, and it was a lot of fun but i was a bit unlucky with my team so there were a lot of like big ego macho team members around and and it was like if you had a meeting it was like whoever was like the loudest won the Mm. argument and that that that's not a nice nice thing to be in
0: right a common theme where people um, sign up to do programming and then the kind of peripheral well the team aspects always uh, uh, what people don't expect to be be the, the problem or the challenge so it seems like a fairly fairly common thing so sorry
1: yeah 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 definitely definitely and it's yeah you, you think well in the beginning you overvalue kind of the tech part you think oh this job has exactly the tech i want to do so it will be fine but but actually like the team part is nearly more important than the exact tech thing you you are doing um yeah so then after after like 2 years uh, a friend um also was a CTO at another company uh, uh here in in Frankfurt um he said well we are also like transforming our tech stack and we want to do build something new but we we don't want to do no jazz, we wanted to do go um we already decided that for whatever reasons yeah. um and and he said, well, you, you can join us, um, but you would have to learn Go, of course. And I said, well, if if you don't mind me like taking some yeah. time at the beginning yeah. to, to learn this, I yeah. I'm up for it. Uh, I, I looked at the language a bit, and it sounded all cool. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I switched companies there, and and at that new place, the the team was was really cool. So. Um, They, there, there it was really like if, if you were discussing with the CEO and your argument was better, like that would be noticed and, and and people would, would react to that. And, and that was, that was really, really nice to work with and people were really interesting and so on. Um, so I stayed there for, uh, five years, uh, built a lot of Go services and also did a lot of, um, you know, writing, writing concepts, uh, helping to, to onboard other developers to go and did also some front end stuff and so on. So, um, yeah, but after, you know, after five years, you're also up for like a new challenge. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then, and then also what was affected for me to look for a new job was because of like the COVID situation. Um, I noticed, you know, I was working from home anyway, right? And maybe going to the office like once a week. So I thought, well, there, there are a lot of like full remote jobs out there. Maybe I can get something really cool at a, at a like a bigger company. Um, well, when I'm working at home anyway, I could also work for that bigger, cooler company, right? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, yeah. So, so this is then, uh, when I, when I was looking around and then I found this, uh, this job at Lassian. uh, oh,
0: so did I, um, that's where I'm at. Okay. sorry. No, I jumped in. I jumped in on there. Um, did you finish? No, problem. No. no. So I, I think my question was then, did, did the whole pandemic kind of open you up to sort of thinking, Oh, maybe there's more than just, um, Frankfurt and the startup scene in Frankfurt. And I, cause I was going to ask, what was that like the startup scene in Frankfurt as a, as a space? I mean, from your perspective?
1: Well, um, yeah, so just for the COVID uh, point first, what COVID opened me up for was this idea of like working fully remote because before I was always like, Oh, I kind of like this, like going to the office. I like to see people in person, kind of like structure my day and so on. But then i I realized that after doing mainly full full remote for two years, I realized it's fine. Yeah. I can handle it <laughs> i I have my daughter. I have to go outside all the time anyway yeah. and so on so So I have enough structure in my day now um, so so that's something that that the pandemic kind of showed me and, and then that opened me up for the idea looking somewhere else. Um, as for Frankfurt well there there is a lot of going on in like tech and startup here, but it's a lot um as you might expect there's a lot of like banking focus stuff so a lot of fintechs and so on and um and that's not particular like I worked in kind of f- fintech in the past, but it's not something I'm particularly passionate about um as a as a subject um so um yeah, so that was always a bit, no. And, and also, like, the, there are not many Go developers around either. So, um, yeah, there there was nothing, like, keeping me in, like, Frankfurt specifically or in the Frankfurt scene that much. Um, yeah, so it was, and, it and was, was there, a good, there, good there, to look somewhere else.
0: Yeah, no, sure. And are there specific, like, languages that you would say Frankfurt kind of focuses is on? Obviously, say, fintech, all of the the languages presumably that underpin that, is that kind of more of a focus? So do you feel like a bit of a rare breed uh, as a Go developer in in Frankfurt or is it kind of increasing? Like, what what does it look like to you?
1: Yeah, well, it's hard to tell whether it's increasing or not currently because there weren't that many, like, meetups and stuff because of COVID, right? So it's hard to tell whether, like, you know, there are more people coming to the meetups over time currently. Um, uh yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot more going on, like in the Java space, for example. And um, I don't know. Uh, well, I, I don't know like how many how many people are around in, in those well, uh, areas, but but I imagine. Well,
0: uh, a figure of, of Java developers, <laughs> Frank, but no, I'm joking. <laughs> you don't know, that what you mean.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's a bit it's a bit hard to tell how it is exactly, but. Like, for example, JavaScript is, is usually not such a problem to get like a community together because uh, like everybody has some front end stuff somewhere, right? Um, so so there was usually um, more going on kind of in this uh, front end world than than like the back end stuff.
0: And did you, did you, presumably when you started coding and you went to boot camp, you would have had a front end aspect that you looked at a little bit. And now you, you sort of more back end focused, like, what why why do you prefer the back end versus the front end or is that just an assumption that i've made <laughs> no
1: it's definitely that's something i figured uh, during the boot camp that that i'm more more into this um back-end part and there there are various aspects to this so first of all i'm i'm not like a designer person so if if you do if you do front end you usually also have to make some judgment calls yourself sometimes. You know, how how should that look like? What what can I do here to improve this? You write some CSS and so on. And uh, and that's super hard for me to kind of make make these calls. Of course you, you all you also get designs if you're doing it in, in the real world, but um yeah, I, I just don't have so much of like an eye for things and and I saw that the front end developers that have that and and that can do that they are more effective kind of in in yeah. doing the job so so that was one thing where I thought well that's not quite for me mm-hmm. um, and and the other part was also that um currently the front end space is really like super super complex the the, the frameworks that are around there are most of them that are that are commonly used are really hard, so so in a way, currently the backend is also a bit easier. Like it's harder in the sense that you you don't. It's harder to visualize, right? You don't like you don't see the end result, like looking on the screen, and this is your end result, like in the front end, um, but. But, from like the complexity of of the tech that it's involved, um, i I found it currently rather uh, easier than than what's going on in the front end space. So for me, I definitely like at some point in my career, I want to go back into also doing front end. But um, I'm kind of waiting for like the better framework to come along. Um, yes. and then, you know, once this once all the mess that is currently around yeah. once all the mess has died down and, and there's something better around, then then I'll go back and become a front end developer. I,
0: I might I might wait for you to decide when that framework comes around and then I'll join you because I'm <laughs> so, looking at frameworks and built on JavaScript and I mean I'm I'm a newbie. In every sense of the word, um, I'm trying to learn Go at the moment and, and I'm enjoying it. But it's uh, even that um, just the concepts and the mental model that you have to have is it, it's it's a whole new new world in itself. And I wanted to ask then how, how you bridge the gap from job learning JavaScript when you first started kind of programming and then learnt Go because you make it sound like it was a fairly straightforward process for you to kind of go, OK, JavaScript into Go, but what was that like? And. What did you do uh-huh.
1: to sort of transition yeah. over? Yeah, um, g- good question. I think something um, that is important here is that um, JavaScript wasn't my only language, right? So in, in university, um, I I didn't go deep on a lot of languages, but I, I learned C, I learned uh, Java, I learned C++, I learned like MATLAB and some of these like casey languages. Um, so So for me, like, JavaScript was already my fifth language or something. And then Go was my sixth. So so for, for me, for example, Go is this whole thing you, you also heard about, about the pointers and so on. And uh, coming from, from only JavaScript, that would have been something like completely new and I would have to learn what it's yeah. all about and so on. But, but having all these other languages kind of in the, in the background, I already knew that from, from C and C++ and, and so on. So, um, so yeah, I, I fall back on a lot of the stuff that I already learned before in, in university and, and that made it really easy, um, uh, to get into Go. And the other thing that helps with Go is that it's a rather minimal language so um it doesn't have that many keywords it doesn't have that many like constructs you you can build so um you can get through the basics uh rather quickly like for i usually i usually say you know go to the official tour go on the website or or exorcism or whatever and and you can you can be through in like two weeks three weeks and and you gotta you got a solid understanding and for for javascript that would be impossible like you need much longer to even have a solid understanding of the basics and then you there's so much more to learn mm. um so yeah like that that kind of my target language was go also helped a lot to to make an easy transition there
0: okay. so now you're working for atlassian um and you, you mentioned a little bit about the overlap between like product and tech and all of that kind of stuff. So, so and you said like fintech did not really give you much. It wasn't, it wasn't particularly exciting for you. Um, would you say like the, the product space and the interface between the tech and the product is kind of an area that you really enjoy? And, or what, what in the tech space specifically would be your passion if you could sum it up? Um, I know that's a very mm. great question, but how? Like, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, yeah, there are different kind of like domains or, or topics I'm I I would be interested about, right? It's it's not only where I work now, but um, so for example, um, I like a lot of the stuff like in in uh, in consumer products. So there are companies like HelloFresh that that do a lot of cool tech related stuff also or um there's a lot of stuff like in the education space like exorcism and so on and and then the other space is this around like developer tooling or, or tooling for for teams and in, in general so yeah so so there are multiple areas and and this was this was one that was kind of in, in the things where i could think hey that that makes a lot of sense to to help people with that and then with the product management in particular um I I can tell this this anecdote from from uh, Jeremy and also um, my my CEO at my last company. Um, uh, I, I told him about this new job and, and what I will be working on, and he said uh, the same as Jeremy, the, the founder of Exorcism. He said exactly the same thing to me, and he was saying did you pick this job because you were frustrated with my product management skills? (laughs) So, so this, this whole, and this tells you that this like product management and making that better was, I was always something I was passionate about because the thing is as a developer, you, you, can write the the super best code ever but if you're writing the wrong thing like if you if you're building the wrong thing then it's all for for nothing right mm-hmm. so so if your if your product manager didn't do a good job in in finding out the right things you should build um, then, then maybe nobody ever uses the thing that you've built because they haven't analyzed the market well and, and they haven't prioritized well and so on. So, and I've experienced that in my past jobs. I build a lot of things that, that never reached the light of day because there was no good prioritization process, right? So, so that's why I think like improving um, this this area of product management in general m- makes also the life of, of developers uh, around the world a lot better because then they can build the right things and really create value and not build something that will be end up in the, in the trash or, or never seen uh, by, by the users, right?
0: Yeah, no, that's really interesting because, I mean, what you seem to pick up on then is it, mentally, I think we've often had this mindset of um, if you're good at tech, you kind of puts you, you do all, you do it all in the in the background. You know, you never see the light of day as a person because <laughs> you do the tech, and you know what I mean. Like <laughs> that's really the, the the stereotype you could say. But it does feel like the last couple of years there has been an increasing amount of overlap between the tech and the business side of things. And I, I, I mean, for me, like I was always thinking about agile as a, as a concept and that really the agile concept, I think is a business m- m- mindset or my mind, like way of looking at things imposed on a technical team in my mind. If I'm really honest, that's kind of what it feels like. It's helpful, but I don't think I've ever seen like an agile um, environment run well uh, or, or produce the fruit on time <laughs> if that makes sense and maybe that's because i've seen it poorly managed in the past but it does feel like there is more of an overlap where developers are, are starting to want to be more involved in the business side of things which i think is really interesting and, and i think is actually a good thing because it then means the decisions are better um as as a whole so that's uh, it's really interesting that you
1: yeah well it's it's we, well, some developers want to be more involved, but others also don't want to be more involved, but they need to be more involved anyway, right? Yeah. So, um, the thing is. It- it, it just doesn't work that way that you can just, you know, the product management just sits down and, and writes everything up and then, then they throw it over, over the wall and, and, <laughs> uh, you, uh, the developer builds it and then it's fine, right? It, it, it never really, it never really worked well, even, even in the past when that was kind of the standard model. Um, and, uh, nowadays, yeah, there's, there's more focus on it, but it was always kind of the right thing to have more of a dialogue between, between the developers and the designers, the developers and the product managers. And, and also whenever, like when you have more downstream, like you have kind of a support team and, uh, maybe somebody who does maintenance for you or whatever, like, the closer they work together and and really work out like the best solution for something together, the the better the more value can you can create uh, together right and that that was always true so for example, currently in the feature we are working on um like product management has a lot of ideas of what what could be like part of like the first iteration of this new feature, but for them it they can't judge by themselves like is this adding this thing, is this like one more day of work or is this, would this blow up the whole scope and make it three more months of work? Much. Yeah. So for them, yeah, that's, that's impossible to judge. So the only way we are finding a good, good kind of packaging for this pr- first iteration is by talking to each other and by saying, this would be an easy thing to add. This is a difficult thing to add and, and so on. And, and then we are, we are finding a good scope and it, um, yeah, and, and, the good thing about my, my job at Lessing is we have a product manager who sees this the same way. He always says like, you know, scope is like a two way thing. We, we, I have some ideas here, but you also have to give me input on, on what makes the most uh, sense. And then, and then we work something out together. And I also see that, like, when I went through the hiring process, this whole topic of communicating, um, with others, with other teams and so on, it it has a lot of uh, focus currently. Like a lot of people ask, you know, how did you work with other teams? And and they they are really they also just by talking to you they judge how well how well can you articulate yourself because this is super important that um, that you care about what the other teams are doing and um, uh, and and are involved and only then you can really make the most out of, out of the time you spend.
0: It feels like a much more integrated approach in that sense. And so then that, that brings me on to another thought here is so often when i Oh,
1: maybe, maybe before we move on. So there you goes. mentioned like the, 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 agile trigger word, right? So I have to jump on that. <laughs> I don't know whether this was, this was on purpose just to, to trigger me or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, regarding, regarding agile, um, I, I always find that kind of the, the base ideas where this whole thing comes from, you know, people are more important than processes and, and all those like basic things that they came up with a long time ago. They, they still make a lot of sense and there's not much magic around them. But then, you know, they came all the consultants and then they made up all these massive frameworks and, and so on. And they sold them and then and there are scrum masters and so on. And, and also my, my experience, like you said, like a, a lot of that doesn't help that much. Mm. Like if, if, for example, like product and, and developers are, are not communicating very well, like just wow. putting, putting all these structures on top also doesn't properly fix that yeah. um so yeah I'm, I'm also not not a big fan and uh, like the standard scrum practices agile practices i have not seen this working super well anywhere either so it, it is yeah. interesting because
0: it feels like if you go in like a job hunt on linkedin for like product owner or product manager then it's all scrum 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 Scrum, agile agile, agile you know <laughs> everywhere you're just like it's it's amazing but um but it, it's so funny how it, uh, the most, um, how would you say, resourceful development teams I've seen has been Kanban, where there's no pressure to necessarily have to produce within a time frame, but it's produce quality. And and it's kind of like you put the responsibility back uh, on on the individual to kind of just be accountable to that, which has been really interesting to go, th- go through because it's like young teams kind of get stuck on agile doesn't work doesn't work doesn't work, get frustrated and then they kind of end up at the like Kanban. well we're just going to chip away over time consistently and and things work but I think it also is interesting when you have a product as a business versus when you're building products for other people um, I don't know what your previous job was. Whether that was an in-house product, but I know at Atlassian. You're building your own products essentially, so the pressure and the same with. X. Yeah, I
1: always built my own products. I never worked at like agencies or anything. Yeah, like. I think mean, the agency
0: stuff is is a nightmare because that's where you, you, everyone scrutinizes like every hour of development or whatever, and they're like, but I don't understand why does this button cost me. $400. And, and it's like, well, you wanted it moved from here to here, which was a rework of the entire back end And then you don't understand that. That's fine. <laughs> you don't want to, it. it's just going thing, um, thing the whole time. So, uh, that, that's, that's some, some fun stuff there. I'm sure we could talk f- for, for days. Um, so I wanted to ask you a question um, which we've asked a lot of people on on our various podcasts um, and live streams. And it's this whole concept of the hill that you would die on um, or the thing that you would defend um, with your whole life when it comes to, to an opinion or in tech. And, it, and it's, not, it's not something that we want to sort of say that this is the opinion that you must hold. But it's more just like what one value or opinion do you have that you would say is absolutely pivotal for you and you would love to see kind of across the board in the tech space. Um, it's quite a broad question, but is there one thing that you would defend very strongly um, in tech?
1: I thought you wouldn't make this a bit more lighthearted. I, I, I wanted to go with just the lighthearted, unpopular opinion.
0: Um, is, that, is, that fi- <laughs> <Sorry>? <laughs> is that fine as well? Sorry?
1: Is that fine as well?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs)
1: Okay. So, so, well, I, I don't have that many like super big holes to, to die on. So, so I'll, I'll go with this instead. So one, one of the things, um, I, I feel strongly about is that a lot of the, a lot of the people So a lot of people are suggesting that you should like optimize your personal development setup. Right. And, and I think that's mostly overrated. So like people will tell you, Oh, you need to learn Vim or Emacs because then you don't never you never reach for your mouse ever again. And it's so great. And and so on. And then, and then people, people believe that like when they're fresh in in the industry, they believe that. And then they spend the year on learning all the magic shortcuts and so on. And then, yeah but then, in the end i don 't know they saved maybe a, a day in a year or something right so yeah. so that year of pain that year of pain didn 't pay off yeah. right and there are a lot of these things like mm-hmm. people tell you you need to have your all your aliases set up for your terminal in your dot files and and people tell you you need to know all the shortcuts and, and so on and and you spend you spend so much of your of your time like learning those things, but then you only save so much. And, and I think what happens here is that people kind of overestimate the time you spend typing in, in your job, right? So, like, as we mentioned before, like a lot of the job is also communicating. A lot of the job is actually thinking. Yeah. Right. So, and, um, and only so much of your day is, is actually typing something, um, uh, typing code or typing commands and so on. So a lot of people are optimizing on this really small part of, of the day. And, and in my opinion, like yeah, if, if that's kind of your hobby, then then go and do it. Or or if if there's any like value to you, so if you are an SRE, so site reliability engineer, and you hack into servers and so on, then it might sense to to know Vim, right? Yeah. Because you can't open a graphical interface. But if you don't need it, then then don't worry about it. Like use whatever you feel comfortable with. And then, for example, for the shortcuts, I always say, okay. Most, most graphical interfaces show you the shortcut kind of next to the thing you click on. Yeah. So if you click the thing like five times a day, then okay, it might make sense Maybe to, or, or uh, every five minutes, then it might make sense to, to remember, you know, what the shortcut for safe is, right? If you click that all the time. But if not, then, then like, be happy in your graphical interface and and do your thing and and rather spend the time on improving your actual programming skills. Do some, exes- do some exercises, something like that. Yes. Learn a new language, whatever. Um, um, but yeah. Uh, this is something I always try to 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 tell like new, new developers like don't don't get intimidated by by these uh, people that tell you you need to use one of these like anci- ancient editors and and optimize your productivity there and, and so on.
0: Well, it's funny because it's often it's people's passions kind of creep in to the mix, you know, and understandably because it's like oh I'm super excited because I've optimized my life, but but actually thinking about it it's not always not always the best best i mean that would be my experience with learning was like there was just so many things that people recommendations people get and then if you go on like youtube and you are like how to learn how to code someone starts at like how to set up your github someone starts at like how to understand the terminal like there's no the, the starting point is always of subjective typically um, which is which is really frustrating because you're just like well i'm now learning github terminal language how to like bash like my user files, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm like having to pull down like work locally and on the on the online editor, whatever. So, um, and I think that's a really good piece of advice. Just just keep it keep it fairly simple. So, then if you're gonna spend more time thinking, how do you? What do you do to think through problems well? Like if you have a situation at work and it's like, or in general, like what? what do you do in your day? Do you carve out time? Do you kind of mind map stuff? Like if you have to solve a problem in programming, like what's your process like typically?
1: Um, what, one thing I, w- I like to start with is basically kind of getting getting the problem kind of a bit ahead of time before I actually have to solve it and then, and then just kind of keep it in the back of my head for, for a week or something. And then, you know, just... Under the shower I think a bit about it and uh, before I sleep I think a bit about it and and just turning it around in my head a bit uh, for for a while and usually that helps me to get some some starting points, uh, in there. And then from there, um, especially if it's like for work, I usually started like writing down some of the points because writing stuff down that, that definitely helps me to kind of clear my mind, find the points, for example, um, where, where I still need to talk to the product manager because I, I don't know what, what exactly we need there, um, for the customers. Um, so I, I, would write down what I already know and, and how to, how to solve some uh, stuff. And I also would write down like a, usually a rather big table of open questions, either for somebody else on the team or also for, for myself stuff to, to figure out. And then, um, and then that, that really helps me to kind of, uh, clear, clear things up. And then from like the, this super high level concept. Thingy. Then I try to break it down into more like tangible programming tasks. So, what does the API look like? What what data do I need to store for this? And then how how do, do, does it get from like the the starting point to to the data and, and back again? And what, what logic ha- does have to happen on the way? And then from there, I, I start with the with the actual coding um, when I, when I already have quite a good uh, picture. And does the co- that's also something.
0: Sorry, no. Yeah. No. Does and does the coding part uh, quite quickly? Then it sounds like it's fairly straightforward once it's you're there.
1: It 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 depends. Um, it can be that that I already uh, found a lot of the the problems that need solving, like in my thinking process before. Mm-hmm. But also sometimes um, I i when I start coding, I find new problems that I haven't anticipated before, and then I kind of need to step back again and, and think through it again and then come come back to the um to the actual code so that that can also happen but um usually the system of like first trying to think through the thing a bit and and like solving some problems ahead of time. Um, uh, helps me helps me a lot and then um, yeah so either the code is then uh, straightforward or yeah I'll I'll find more problems and and go back but that's that's also fine
0: okay no that's cool now that's that seems to be um, often in my mind I have the idea of if you're a full time programmer you literally sit at your computer from like morning till night, and and just chip away. But I'm realizing that the ability to think through problems, and I think something which is what exorcism tries to sort of pin on as well is think well through the problem. You know, make sure that you have all of the context, and then the coding piece is really just the the the, the expression of that process kind of implemented. Um, and Jeremy was well yeah. say the same. I think he would think through a lot of things and then code fairly short.
1: Yeah, yeah, also. Yeah, also a common tip is, um, to start when you, when you are an exosome, for example, and you have the stub for the function that you want to fill in, just start writing out in, in comments what, what you want this stuff to do. That, that also, and, and I do that in real life as well. Like when I come to the coding part, I have, uh, I have some like rough comments. Okay. I need to do this first and then that was the result and then that. And, and then I kind of fill in the, the code bits for, for the particular parts.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, so so that, that really um, helps a lot as well.
0: It's been funny because, I mean, what you're saying that I'm going to definitely try now because I realize, like, when you have to program, and especially for, like, learning Go or whatever, um, so one of the exercises I was trying to do was, you know, take an input from a keyboard, store it, and then return, like, a, you know, you've had this number of guesses or whatever. So... But the whole process of thinking through breaking that problem down into it's like real like granular tasks was something that I was very unfamiliar um, with my thinking. And so it's been really interesting trying to sort of learn how to think about a problem in its sort of step by step by step by step. So that's that's some some cool little tips. I'll definitely take. those. It's
1: it's also something that that a lot of people find difficult on on exorcism. Right. Um, So they, they don't. A lot of people don't struggle that much in understanding, you know, the, the language and the, and the syntax. But, uh, but then this overall, uh, how, how do I solve this uh, rather general uh, problem? Um, that's what, what people struggle with. And, and we tried a bit to provide some documentation also around um, this where, where we say, hey, this is a good resource to learn, um, to think our programmer uh, things and so on. Um, but, yeah, maybe we can also do better about this in the future.
0: No that's, no, that's true. And, and so it, I, I think it leads on to an interesting question that I've asked a few people as well, which has been always interesting when I've spoken to others. And that is around this whole concept of like, when when did programming like click for you? I, I don't know if you ever, you had that feeling of, it was kind of concepts and theory and, you know, you've gone through textbooks, but then did you wake up one morning and suddenly you were like, oh, it just makes sense. That would be my experience often of learning something. Was When was that... F- for you or did that happen for you or was it just a gradual, okay, I just get this slowly. Like what was
1: that? Oh, yeah. I, I thought about this a bit and, um, yeah, I think that there was a, a click uh, moment, but let, let me start from where it didn't click, if that's okay. <laughs> that's um, so, so when I was, a, when I was like a teenager, I had one of these like toy laptops that had some games on there. And, and, and it also had like a, um, a feature that you could program in in basic and and my my grandfather came by and um he was like he, he started programming with punch cards basically so he was always into tech yeah. um uh and and he was like oh cool you can program there and and he wanted to show me that programming is something cool and he started you know like how everybody starts he, he, he typed in print hello world and it spit out hello world and i was like I can type hello world. Like, what, what are you even doing? And, and then he was like, no, but you know, it, it does what you tell it to do. And so on. And then he was typing like one plus two is, and, and then spits out three. And I was like, my calculator can do that. Like, what, what, <laughs> what do you want to show me here? Like I didn't get it. And then later on in, um, I had uh, kind of like a computer science thingy in school and, um, and there, um, we had Turbo Pascal and it had kind of like a plugin or something with uh, where you can have like a little turtle and it draws something, mm-hmm. um, on the screen. And there, um, they, they gave us some cool exercises where you enter kind of some formulas and it would draw some really cool, intricate fracture, fractals at the screen. Um, you know that look like leaves yeah. and so on and and you got this just from like typing the small formula that tells this turtle what to draw and 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 that was for me the point where it kind of clicked because I realized that. From, from like giving this thing, like super simple instructions, it can create this complex thing that I could never have done myself. Like I couldn't draw that many lines, right? So, um, so that was for me the thing. Oh, yeah. So, so that, that can do more than, than what I could do anyway, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, but before from the explanations my, my grandfather gave me and what he showed <laughs> me there in this thing. Yeah. That, that didn't work. But yeah. So, so, but like seeing this, like, graphical thing and and seeing how few instructions are necessary to make the computer do this complex thing Hmm. that um that was where where it clicked for me
0: okay that's cool because it's um i had that with methods the other day i was like what the heck is a method and i just hadn't like the penny hadn't dropped um and it was the same for me with with chemistry um i had to learn it for two years and then overnight the periodic table made complete sense and i was like 16 at the time and I remember thinking, "Oh my gosh, this is like the easiest thing." I've like, I can't believe I I haven't understood this for like two years now. And then the exam was a breeze because I was like, "Well, all the answers are like in the periodic table. You just have to like do your little, at, you know, all of the." everything's synchronized in my brain. Um, and it's been interesting also talking to people about, you know, when that moment clicked and, 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 Rebecca, who, you know, might know from the unison track at exorcism, I asked, I was like, cause she, she did English literature as a degree. And I was like, well, how did you go from English literature to programming? And what was the method that you used in your mind to conceptualize that shift? And she was saying she imagined the program that she was writing as a, as a story, as a narrative. With like a protagonist and the functions were characters and stuff, and I was like, "Oh wow, that's just so interesting." Never would have would have thought about that um, in that sense. So no, that's really cool.
1: Yeah, but, but that feeds that feeds back to what we were talking about about the comments, right? And that you write before the code. That's exactly you. You tell the story first, and and then um, and then you you write the actual code for it.
0: Which is really cool that you've mentioned that because I think realizing that actually I'm writing a story in my comments. Is uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that for, for sure. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's...
1: And one, one more thing around this uh the, this topic, it's also um, they they did some studies, you know, which people are good in like programming and so on, and they found out that um, actually like uh, your your verbal skills, like your how many words you know and so on, have a have a big part uh, to play in that. So if you are, for example, like naming things is something that's always said to be hard in programming. So if you are good in coming up with with good words that that describe what you are dealing with, um that makes your code a lot better. So so it's actually not just about like math and, mm. and, and, and you know, analytical stuff. Uh, it's also a lot about uh, being good with words, um, which which you might not expect in the first place.
0: No, that's it's language, I guess, at the end of the day, which is an interesting thought that I had. For you, you're, you're German naturally, but that's your kind of your language. Do you develop now with Atlassian in, in English? And were you in English beforehand? Like, how does... Cause and I would say maybe unfortunately everything's in English. Um, so, so you, and you speak great English, but did you learn English at school? And then the programming, was it all in German or how did you, how how was all of that on that experience?
1: Yeah. Well, most of, I was fortunate enough that most of the programming stuff was in English and all the commons were in English and so on. It's not the best English always, but, <laughs> um, but it's okay. Um, yeah, for me, like uh, learning English, I was never good with languages in school. But um, I was fortunate enough in university to spend a year, like an exchange year, in uh, in the UK. Um, okay. So, so that where was like really in the language and then um and then my english got a lot better and then it was a breeze after after that but before that it was really bad and uh yeah so so that year like really learning the language also helped me then later on to to be able to communicate with colleagues that are not from germany and and so on um and then in the code that 's definitely a factor like if, if English is your, not your native language then again that that makes you um, that makes it harder for you to fight the right, right name for things right mm-hmm. um, and and naming things you, you do that with every line of code you write right you're always assigning something to something and you need to name that thing as best as you can mm-hmm. to make the code clear
0: mm-hmm. no it's, it's, it doesn't strike me as like that easy for non non English speakers so. It's uh, that's something I think is going to start shifting as well. I saw an article the other day that India is the fastest growing, um, you know, tech space um, in the world at the moment. And, uh, and English, you know, whether they stick with English or their local uh, dialects, which I know there's a lot in India. Uh, it's just it's just interesting thinking thinking through all of that. So we're nearly coming up to an hour. I've really enjoyed this. I have one more question for you, Francisca, and this is where you get to make a recommendation to the uh, exorcism community. What would be your one recommendation? It can be anything from, from food to try or something like go for a walk or whatever it is you want to recommend to the community. What would be your recommendation for the exorcism uh, community this week? <laughs>
1: yeah, I... I'll go back to this um, productivity theme I, I talked about in the Unpopular Opinion. So so my recommendation would be, like, take a break. Binge watch that Netflix show you always wanted to watch mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Like, this is usually people people are very focused on, like, being productive with the whole of their day. And it's not good for your brain. It's mm-hmm. not good for your brain to, to optimize that much, like, your, your brain to be good at work to be creative and so on your brain needs breaks and uh, because it does things in those breaks and yeah and then just like sitting on the couch and like slightly watching some some show or whatever that that's good that's a good thing uh, to do to just like gi- give your brain some time to, to do its thing in in the background and I think like taking taking breaks taking time out that's uh, that's underrated and uh, so that would be my recommendation don't feel guilty for for taking breaks and just relaxing
0: cool Uh, i like that a lot so uh this week everyone when you're listening to this that is that is the recommendation recommended advice from from the official exorcism recommended advice uh, for, for this week from Francisca. so Francisca, thank you so much for your time um for all that you put into exorcism and all of the thinking and the engagement that you have with the community i know you engaged a huge amount um with exorcism and improving it and helping it and um, we really appreciate that, um, so just wanted to say thank you and thank you for your time this morning on uh, a national holiday where you could be out celebrating or doing something fun, and you've um, offered your time here. So, so appreciate it hugely. Um, just stick on on the call um, when I've stopped the recording, but I just wanted to thank you so much, and uh, yeah, have a really wonderful rest of the day. Yeah.
1: Cool. Thanks for having me. Okay.